2: everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. It is
1: D-Day in Alabama, D-Day for the Republican Party, not just the people of Alabama. What do you say? Hello, everybody. Great to see you on a Tuesday, Tuesday, December 12th. It is the Bill Press Show, and uh, we are here with all the news of the day for the next couple of hours. We'll bring you up to date on what's happening here in Washington, D.C., the latest up in New York City, and the latest down in Alabama as well. As voters go to the polls for what the Secretary of State predicts will be, believe it or not, after all the talk about Alabama, Uh, predicts that there will be a turnout in the 25% range. Uh, And it was something like 60% uh, in the presidential election of 2016. Hard to believe there will not be more people turning out for this election. I wish all the rest of us could vote. Uh, We are glad to see you today. Looking forward to hearing from you. We're coming to you live from Washington, D.C. We're there with you, though, anywhere in this country where you are uh, following us. And we want to hear from you what you think about the news of the day, what you think about four women yesterday uh, coming forward with uh, two uh, women who had previously accused Donald Trump of sexual harassment, stepping up again and saying, now in this Me Too moment, let's get some congressional hearings going into the allegations against Donald Trump himself. Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. But first...
2: This is the Full Court Press.
3: Just a couple of other stories making news. Look up in the sky. There is a cigar-shaped asteroid that went past Earth last month. It is... Damn, uh, I missed it. You missed it, yeah. Well, here's the thing. They are scanning this comet because they are concerned that it might be an alien spacecraft. I'm not making that up. There is a team of alien hunting scientists led by Russian billionaire Yuri Milner. They're going to scan the comet this week because they're looking for radio signals. They say that that comet—I mean, there's a picture of it online. We'll yeah, yeah. Put it out right. there, but it looks—it's just—it looks like a cigar. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant cigar. They're saying that could be an alien. It have spacecraft. flashing
1: lights on it? No flashing lights. No, no
3: flashing lights. So. Is it an alien spaceship? I don't know, but hopefully we'll find out soon.
1: didn't have, like, Virgin Airways on it or anything? (laughs) It didn't say anything (laughs) like that, no. (laughs) Speaking of the
3: cosmos, yesterday Donald Trump announced that we are going back to the moon. I guess there's still more stuff to figure out and learn about the moon. He said we're not only going to go to the moon, we're going to go back to an eventual mission to Mars. Quote, this time we will not only plant our flag and leave our footprint on the moon, we will establish a foundation for an eventual mission to Mars. So does this mean that NASA is getting money again? Well, that's a good que- That was my first question because we, we notoriously gutted NASA under the Obama administration <laughs> at the request of Republicans. And now Donald Trump?
1: Uh, I saw part of that news conference yesterday. Yeah. And I thought, God, this sounds familiar, right? And I went back. October 11. Okay. 2016. Okay. President Obama announced <sighs> that NASA's next mission is to go to Mars and dedicate it and put the whole thing on track to uh, go to the moon, of course, and, and on to Mars. Obama did this a year ago, which <sighs> makes me wonder why Donald Trump didn't cancel right, the Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I figured he would have thought Instead of pretend a bad idea. that he thought of it. Did you
4: see they gave him a little astronaut action figure? Oh, God. he's gonna have fun today.
3: Oh God, I just picture him in the bathtub with his little astronaut playing. Yeah. By the way, one one final quick story. Do you use Shazam on your phone? It's the uh, I have it. You have no. it. No, it's a great it's a great I've thing if you it, want to figure out I a song do it you're much. listening yeah, to. It tells right. you what song you're listening to. Well, Apple has bought Shazam. They acquired them yesterday. Uh, they say that the uh, deal is worth four hundred million dollars. Seems like a little much. Seems
5: like a lot. How essential is that app? Uh, It's
1: not that essential. Yeah. It's It's not essential. No, it's not that essential. Uh, I heard, saw some guy use it once, and I was so impressed I downloaded it. He used it once.
2: On your radio, on TV, and online, this is the Bill Press Show. Come on, Alabama, get out and vote and do
1: the right thing. Reject Roy Moore. Hey, hello, everybody. Yep, this is the day we've been waiting for. It is uh, Election Day in Alabama. It is Tuesday, December 12. Great to see you today. Here on the Bill Press Show, booming out to you live all across this great land of ours. We're so glad to be with you uh, all the way from uh, California to New York City and beyond here and north, south, east, west on The Bill Press Show. Coming to you on online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And don't forget, sign up, sign up, subscribe, be be official part of the team. Looking at you on Free Speech TV as well. And, of course, uh, joining you uh, out in Chicago on WCPT, the great progressive voice of Chicago and Indian app, Indiana Talks uh, in the whole state of Indiana. Thanks so much for joining us today. Remember, uh, don't just sit back and listen. Let us know what you think about the news of the day, your take on the big stories, particularly uh, what's happening in Alabama and on a renewal of sexual harassment charges against Donald Trump, which we saw yesterday. Uh, you know how to do it. Your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. Uh, Yes, indeed, coming to you live, as we said, from Washington, D.C. But the big focus is, of course, down on Alabama. And by the way, let's not forget just the fact that there is an election today means that the Republicans blew one great opportunity. Remember when the allegations against Roy Moore first came out, uh, there were those. Uh, one of them being the senior senator from Alabama, or Richard Shelby, who said, "Whoa, hold the phone!" In fact, Mitch McConnell at the time said the same thing. "Whoa, hold the phone. Let's not rush into this now that we know what a sleaze bag um, Mitch, uh, Roy Moore really is. Let's delay the election." And give somebody else a chance to mount a campaign, another Republican to mount a campaign against Roy Moore, or at best mount a serious write in campaign against Roy Moore, delay the election, uh, or and, and then call a, or another, or then have um, uh, the governor call another special election. At any rate, put it off. Is the point yeah. that I'm making? They didn't do that, so now they're. They have rolled out the red carpet, if you will, for Roy Moore in Alabama. The governor did that. Uh, just rejected all the requests of a, of national some national Republicans do that. So uh, they've made their bed. They're going to have to lie in it today. They got no choice. Well, they do have a choice. They got a choice. They're either going to have to not vote, write in somebody else, vote for Doug Jones, or vote for Roy Moore. And you know it. It's you can't really read. Nobody knows what's going to happen down there. Nobody knows. There was a Fox News poll yesterday that I saw, a Fox News poll, which had Doug Jones up by 10 points. But the,
3: Jesus.
1: But So you don't know. But the problem is there are some people who are going to vote for Doug Jones who would never tell a pollster, yeah. I'm going to vote for Doug Jones. And there are some people who are going to vote for Roy Moore who would never admit that they're going to vote for Roy Moore. Yeah. So I got to tell you, I, anything could happen. I, I honestly believe that win or lose, this is this is, there's going to be hell to pay for the Republican Party after today because if they lose, <laughs> they're going to have a Democratic senator from Alabama, if they lose, it's going to be a total repudiation of Donald Trump and Roy Moore and Steve Bannon. Uh, if they lose, by the way, It'll also be, I think, a credit to the Republicans of Alabama for rejecting this guy. Of course, they they won't see it that way. Sure. And if they uh, uh, and if they lose, uh, they're going to have a hell of a lot harder time getting that turkey of a tax bill passed through the Senate. If they win, they may have one more vote for the tax cut bill. Maybe, by the way, <laughs> you know, because uh, Roy Warren's not going to do Mitch McConnell any favors. But they'll also be saddled with Roy Moore, and they're either going to have to start Ethics Committee investigations against him and throw him out, or they're going to have to go before the country next year in the midterm elections of 2018 and defend this pedophile. And every Republican running for office, whether it's school board or city council, whether it's in Arizona or South Dakota— Or Georgia is going to have to answer, where do you stand on Roy Moore? He will be a millstone around their neck. So uh, I think it's a lose-lose for the Republican Party, but I'm just hoping that the people of uh, Alabama show that they do have a good, solid moral streak, that they do believe uh, in the tenets of Christianity, and they will stand up, these evangelicals in uh, in Alabama, and reject— uh, this sexual pervert named Roy Moore.
3: I, I really hope we uh, we do a show tomorrow that, that celebrates a big win by a Democrat in Alabama. Um, but to me, th- I mean, as, you, as you, you've been pointing out, this story is so much bigger than Alabama, which is often subject to ridicule, and deservedly so, for their politics. I mean, they gave us Jeff Sessions. They gave us Richard Shelby. They've given us countless terrible Republicans over the years. But, you know, it it really can't be overstated at the role that the Republicans played in normalizing Roy Moore. And yes, Mitch McConnell said the right thing when he came out originally and said, I believe the women. And yes, kudos to Jeff (laughs) Flake, I guess, for sending a check to Doug Jones saying party over country. $100. $100. Yeah. But, but... The RNC, Ronda McDaniel, who leads it, Mitch McConnell flipped his sort of position on it. You see a lot of Republicans flipping their position on it. They normalized what happened with Roy Moore. The scandal was bad. The scandal stayed bad for a couple of days. You saw that reflected in the polls. And then it was back to business as usual. It was back to tribalism as usual. And as you pointed out, this is purely a numbers game, I think. At this point, this is a this is a yeah. matter of getting people out to vote. And like you said, there are yeah. going to be plenty of people who said that they maybe wouldn't vote for Roy Moore who are, yeah. or won't admit to voting for Roy Moore, and people who who won't admit to voting for Doug Jones who are. But the bottom line is there are probably plenty of Republicans around Alabama who are pissed off at Roy Moore and will probably just stay home
1: rather than what? vote for Doug Jones. They'll probably just yeah. stay home. But you know what? If that's what you, if that's your choice, uh. That's good. Just stay home. Just stay home. No, 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 absolutely. Republicans, stay home. Democrats, you better get out. You got to get out. That's the other Uh, And that was a message in a robocall, by the way, yesterday uh, in Alabama. We know that Donald Trump, we played that for you yesterday. Donald Trump put out a robocall uh, robocall in support of uh, Roy Moore. Uh, Barack Obama came out, and Joe Biden both with robocalls uh, in support of um, Doug Jones, which could prove to be very, very significant. Again, the key... The key is turnout. The key particularly is African-American turnout. Barack Obama had the largest African-American turnout in the history of Alabama uh, in 2000. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, yeah, in 2008, 2012. Uh, and if he can get the, if he can persuade African-Americans in particular to get out and vote this time, that could make the difference. I think that's very, very important that, that President Obama weighed in. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, Yesterday in Alabama, uh, Roy Moore had a big rally in front of a a crowd in a barn, a few hundred people there. Uh, His wife was the star of the show, and she wanted to be sure that everybody knows that uh, Roy Moore, he ain't no racist and he ain't no anti-Semite. She makes sure that the media there in the back of the hall hear her message. This is proof that he's not anti-Semitic.
2: Fake news would tell you that we don't care for Jews. I tell you all this because I've seen it all, so I just want to set the record straight while they're here.
1: Waves to the media while they're here.
2: One of our attorneys is a Jew.
1: Oh God, that is so bad. Good morning. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is a Jew. Mm Mm-hmm
4: a Jew. Jew that's what she said a Jew one of our t- way, a is a Jew
3: by the way if you're not from the south what she means <sighs> is a person of Jewish descent is <laughs> it's one of their attorneys
1: mm-hmm. some of my best friends are black you know. so, no, no,
4: somehow that is a hundred times worse than saying uh, I have a black friend
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, really
4: like, how to, just pronunciation alone a she Jew. sounds
1: like just, one of the biggest bigots alive just the way she says it I'm telling you yeah He's a Jew. He's a Jew, yeah. And at that same rally, appears, uh, I love this. Okay. Here's a message. Here's a guy who got fired from the White House, who lives in Washington, D.C., who goes to Alabama to tell the people to vote for Roy Moore, and here is Steve Bannon's message. Listen carefully.
4: I know
3: one thing. Nobody can come down here and tell folks in Alabama what to do.
1: That's exactly what he's what doing. That's hell? exactly what he's doing. He's going down there and telling them to vote for Roy Moore, right? You know, no, but I mean, he's so dumb. But again, we can mock what?
3: this. We can mock this. But like these are and 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 yeah. uh, those voters in Alabama are, I would say, majority fall low for information voters. Yeah. No. And I'm sorry, they just don't understand. They don't get who Steve Bannon really is. B- no.
4: Ban- Bannon's biggest blunder last night, by the way, from our friend John Allen, who was on the uh-huh. ground reporting. Yeah. John Allen tweeting last night, In Midland City, Alabama, Steve Bannon goes after Joe Scarborough, saying uh-huh. he got into better schools than Joe could have. Georgetown and Harvard. This might be the wrong place for that attack. Joe went to the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll damn
1: Tide. <laughs> Well, but, you know, think about it. Who the hell is Steve Bannon and who cares what he says? I mean, suddenly he is putting himself out there, right, as yeah. this great political strategist and this big celebrity star. He's not right. He lives on this little townhouse on 4th Street right here in Capitol Hill. And he's basically a schlub. He's nobody came from. bright. He was a failure in Hollywood. He was a failure on Wall Street. He got the Breitbart thing going. He failed in the White House, and now he's out there. Well, let me put it this way. You know, and in, in, in there were two um, surrogates in Alabama yesterday. Right. Right. Steve Bannon for Roy Moore and Charles Barkley for Doug Jones. Yeah. Uh, who would you go with?
3: Look, I always go with Charles Barkley. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say always, most of the time. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, Steve Bannon's the best you could do. Uh, who, else is gonna, who else is
3: going to put their name in front of a, a, a Roy Moore sign?
1: Uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, also yesterday, uh, Doug Jones had a big, big, big rally yesterday. He's been looking better better as a candidate the last couple of days. Uh, and he talked about his chances, a little, having a little fun here, with his chances, what are his chances of winning? Doug Jones.
2: Somebody said, well, what are the odds of Doug Jones winning? It's about like getting under five-inch snowfall in Birmingham the 1st of December.
1: <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. You would think otherwise that maybe that would be a, <laughs> never happen. Yeah, it did, 1st of December. So this could be, maybe that snow was a uh, good sign, good sign. Let's, let's certainly hope so. Uh, meanwhile... Yesterday, yesterday morning, oh, man, the Me Too uh, movement got somebody else caught up in the Me Too movement yesterday. No, I'm not talking about Ryan Lizard from The New Yorker. No, I'm not talking about Mario Batali. No, I'm not talking about Harold Ford Jr. Uh, Donald Trump got snagged again yesterday by three women who went on The Megyn Kelly Show. A fourth woman joined them at a news conference calling on Congress— To investigate the charges against Donald Trump, charges that they made back in 2016 and nobody listened to them. Here is uh, Rachel Crooks with her story.
0: I ask that Congress uh, put aside their party affiliations and investigate Mr. Trump's history of sexual misconduct.
1: Uh, Samantha Holvey, another one of the women, is saying maybe Donald Trump ought to take a lesson from Al Franken.
0: Other folks have resigned. I think he should. I don't think he ever will.
1: Ah, uh, exactly. Uh, but they did call on Congress to resign. And this is, a, I think, a very, very important point. Of course, it dominated uh, a very contentious White House briefing yesterday uh, with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders a reporter, reporters pushing her on what the White House reaction was to these women and uh, notice as, uh, once again, Sarah Huckabee Sanders tries to just dismiss this whole thing as something that was settled a long time ago.
4: The president has addressed uh, these accusations directly and denied all of these allegations. And this took place long before he was elected to be president.
1: So not- <laughs> notice their defense, which really is pathetic. He denied it, so therefore it didn't happen. Uh, He was elected president after these came out, so therefore it's all settled. No, it's not. No, it's not. I think these women are very credible. Remember, there are, what, some over a dozen, some 13 or 14 of them. Their stories, they've never really... Had a hearing. Donald Trump called them liars, called them fabricators. One of those cases, we keep reminding you of this, is active and open in the New York Supreme Court mm-hmm. where the White House is taking the official position that this case cannot go forward because now he is the president of the United States. Uh, the Supreme Court will decide whether it can go forward. I think they have no choice but to allow it to go forward after the U.S. Supreme Court facing the same question with Bill Clinton versus Paula Jones said, of course, the president's not above the law. You can depose the president of the United States, which attorneys uh, in that case, uh, Ken Starr's attorneys, did uh, at the White House. So uh, this attempt for the White House to say he was elected president, end of story. No, it's not the end of the story. Or, Or to put it another way, I think in this Me Too moment, Donald Trump does not get a free pass. No free pass for Donald Trump. Let's let these women come forward. As Nikki Haley said on Sunday, they yeah. deserve to be heard.
3: It's also kind of interesting just to watch uh, how different men have handled the the accusations that they've received. Some of them admitted to bad behavior and were quickly sort of pushed out of their jobs. Some of them... Uh, didn't exactly admit to it, and were still pushed out of their jobs. Yeah, the
1: only one I think admitted is Al Franken. When Al Franken di- it,
3: didn't admit it. I mean, when he when he no. announced he was resigning, he still said that the women weren't weren't uh, that, that 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 it wasn't true. But, but some of some of them, have that said, the like, most
4: serious allegations weren't true.
1: Right,
3: the, yeah, right, right.
4: Yeah. He admitted
1: but, that he might have put his hand in in uh, you know where he shouldn't have. Right. Yeah.
3: But my point is.
1: Donald didn't, Donald didn't call them liars and fabricators. Donald
3: Trump came has, is coming out and, like, over the years that this has happened, right, called them lies, called them total uh, nonsense. He insinuated that one woman that accused him of it was too ugly for him to sexual harass. Yeah. Remember that yeah. from the oh, campaign? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he just won't, he he doesn't get it, he doesn't acknowledge it, and it's kind of scary that he's been able to make it as far as he has with this type of
2: stuff.
1: No, I disagree. He does get it. He knows exactly what he did. He bragged about it. I mean, oh, I know
3: no, what I, you mean. I think in his heart of hearts he gets it, but he's not showing anybody that he's remorseful at all no. or that there might be any no, changes to his behavior. because that's who he is. Yeah, I know. He,
1: that's who he is. He, and, yeah. He's a celebrity, so he gets to grab women by the you-know-what. And 12 minutes
4: ago, he linked the two biggest stories, the two biggest accusations against him, uh, collusion Uh with Russia and the sexual misconduct allegations. Donald Trump tweeting, at real Donald Trump, 12 minutes ago. Yeah. Despite thousands of hours wasted and many millions of dollars spent, the Democrats have been unable to show any collusion (laughs) with Russia. So now they're moving on to the false accusations (laughs) and fabricated stories of women who I don't know... And or have never met. Uh, Fake news. It's oh, Donald God. Trump on Twitter 13 minutes, 14 minutes ago. Uh,
1: again, let's let these women come forward and yeah. tell their stories. He certainly <laughs> met every single one of them. That's, that's provable, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. One of them, remember, uh, is one of the young women who was in the Miss Universe contest. These were teenagers in their dressing room. And Donald Trump, some of them naked, and Donald Trump walks in and says, I'm allowed in here because I own this pageant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. this mm-hmm. is This is who Donald Trump is. Um, meanwhile, yesterday, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand stepped up. Uh, we know that uh, previously, uh, Senators uh, Jeff Merkley and Cory Booker and Bernie Sanders all said, uh, again, in this Me Too moment, that Donald Trump should resign. Uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand asked about that yesterday. Uh, she joined the club
5: Uh, These allegations are credible. They are numerous. Uh, I've heard these women's testimony, and many of them are heartbreaking. And President Trump should resign his position. Uh, Whether he will ever hold himself accountable is something you you really can't hold your breath for. And so Congress should have hearings. They should do their investigation. They should have uh, appropriate investigations of his behavior and hold him accountable.
1: So we could debate whether or not, and I noticed um, uh, there was an op-ed in the New York Times this morning um, by um, I don't teach out. You know, remember she Zephyr Teachout. Zephyr Teachout, who it. says she doesn't think that Al Franken should have resigned. We can debate that, yes or no, but he did, uh, or said, said he's that he's going, going to. to. Um, but certainly, if Al Franken resigns, and he's going to resign, he said he is. If Al Franken has to resign, then I think it's, it, it makes a lot—I mean, it's logical that you can make a strong argument, and I would agree, that if Al Franken's out, Donald Trump ought to be out. I mean, he's accused of doing a lot worse than Al Franken was accused of. Um, he has called them liars and fabricators, as we pointed out. There are more women— there are only allegations, but there hasn't been any trial or any ethics committee uh, hearing on Al Franken either. I mean, why is it that it, Al, Fra- Al Franken's got to go, but Donald Trump stays? Only because Donald Trump has been elected since. Well, Al Franken was elected to the Senate since. You see what I mean? I mean, so I think this is. I think uh, uh, this 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 is not over for Donald Trump. It's going to eventually bite him in the ass. I think it's already starting to. And if you saw the news conference yesterday with Sarah Huckabee Sanders trying to respond to this, I think you sense that the White House is panicking. Maybe panicking is too strong a word, but they don't know how to handle it. So the best they can do is come back, as we said, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, well, come on, this is already settled because he's already been elected. And then she went on to say, Um, Well, she's trying to have it both ways here. It's good that all these women come forward, she says, but not against us.
4: He thinks it's a good thing uh, that women are coming forward, but he also feels strongly that a mere allegation shouldn't determine the course. Uh, And in this case, the president has denied any of these allegations, as have eyewitnesses.
1: So... You see, yeah, it's important that all he... So he wants to be part of the Me Too movement, right? Yes, let's have all these women come forward, unless they come forward to talk about me, in which case, I deny it, call them liars, and I was already elected, so it doesn't apply to me. Now, that's an impossible position for them to hold for very long. No, I think
3: you're you're right. I mean, they... Uh,
1: Th- they have caught up, up until
3: this. this point, but I think that we did sort of go over a bit of a tipping point earlier this year, you know, last month or month yeah. before that when we got into this Me Too situation, this whole reckoning on terrible men and their bad behavior. I, you know, I, I'd uh, like to think this is going to catch up with Donald Trump, but I don't know. You know. He can take a lie pretty
1: damn far. No, he can. He can. Um, he... These women that came forward yesterday, it was interesting. One of them said, this is the last place I want to be. Yeah. Because they did this a year ago. And what did they get? They got a lot of abuse, right, from a lot of Republicans, Please. not just Donald Trump, other Republicans backing up Donald Trump who who basically, you know, who said they were liars. They were, they were just making it up. They were paid by Democrats. They were stooges for Hillary, all that kind of stuff. And then they went away. But they came back because one of them made this point is that the temperature has really changed in the last year. It's changed in the last month, right, since Harvey Weinstein. This is a different – the country is in a different place right now, a different mood right now on this issue. So I would hope that they would get – that they'd be listened to more seriously and people would take them more seriously. Uh, And I think they might have more more of an impact now than they did a year ago.
3: Yeah, that's a good thing to wish for and a good thing to hope for.
1: Um, We'll see what Congress does. I'll tell you one thing. I
3: mean, what what, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything The idea that
1: Congress is going to hold hearings on Donald Trump, forget about it. It's not going to happen. Forget about it. But, again, so much is happening. If Doug Jones gets elected (laughs) and Democrats have 49, right? If the Democrats take back the House, boom, 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 boom. You could see the scenario where there could be hearings against Donald Trump and Getting the pressure there. could build on. So uh, with that hopeful note, let's take a quick break here. Uh, I didn't tell you about our guest today. we got a great, great lineup, starting with Tierney Sneed from Talking Points Memo. She'll be joining us in just a couple of minutes here. Chris Liu is a former U.S. Deputy Secretary of Labor in studio with us as well. And then winding up today with Eliza Collins, who covers the Congress for USA Today with a star lineup. Tierney Sneed
2: joining us. Take
1: a quick break. We'll be right back here on The Bill Press Show.
2: One of our attorneys is a Jew. Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. It is
1: Decision Day in Alabama, Tuesday, December 12th. Hey, hello, everybody. Great to see you today. The Bill Press Show, live from Washington, D.C. Welcome, welcome to the program. Don't forget, your comments always welcome on Twitter, uh, at BP Show. And uh, yes, indeed, Uh, I know what you're thinking. How about that scarf, Bill? Yes, indeed, those of you watching on television uh, can see the beautiful scarf. It's a hand-woven scarf by my wife, Carol Press, and you can have one, too. Just go to um great time to give yourself a special gift for the holidays or make a special gift to someone you love, of course. Um, go to BillPressShow.com, our website. Follow the click, follow the link to the uh, Carol Press scarves, and you'll see... Lots of colors and different colors and designs you can choose from. And I got to tell you, the only place busier than Carol Press these days is Amazon. Mm -hmm. I think they're shipping out a lot of of packages. God, so is she. A lot of orders for scarves. So get yours in. This is Rayanne Chenille. She also does them in bamboo. Um, BillPressShow.com slash, slash, I mean, BillPressShow.com. Link to Carol Press Scarves. And we welcome. Tierney Sneed to the program from Talking Points Memo, political reporter. Hi, Tierney. Nice to see you. Good morning. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We want to jump right into it, but first, we've been at it for a while, and our Twitter account has been going wild. Jamie follows that for us. Jamie, what's up? Yeah,
4: let's go ahead and check in on Twitter. We are tweeting at BP Show. That's where you can find us on Twitter. We put up a poll earlier this morning, just as the show was starting. It is Election Day in Alabama. Does... Doug Jones have a chance against Roy Moore. That's the question we're asking you. Weigh in on our Twitter page so Uh far. So far? 79% of you say yes. 21% say no. All right. So that's uh, early early results you have until, uh, well, pretty much election morning or the day after tomorrow. Uh, Melanie weighing in, offering a comment. I just want to
1: point Mm -hmm. out that I hope Doug Jones wins. The margin will not be, if he does, it will not be 79 to 21. <laughs> Razor thin. Can I, can I go out on a limb? I think you can.
0: aren't scientific. Uh,
1: <laughs> that, that is
4: fair. Sampling
0: matching the Alabama electorate.
4: <laughs> Melody Miller weighing in on Twitter, offering a comment. Russia's plan has been to dismantle America so scary that the RNC is helping them destroy us. Are these people, Gaudi, Ryan, et cetera, Russians who can save us? It's a good segue for what uh, Mm -hmm. Tierney will be talking about with us. Uh, And on YouTube, we're on YouTube live streaming uh, video. We have a chat room going up there on the page, youtube.com backslash the Bill Press Show. Gerald says Trump will be thrown out of office. Maybe it's obstruction of justice. Maybe the women. So there you go. Keep All those right. comments coming in YouTube, youtube.com backslash the Bill Press Show, and on Twitter at BP Show. Follow us if you haven't already, and uh, make sure to go ahead and vote on that poll for Doug Jones.
1: Thank you, Jamie. Yes, it is. So, Tierney, uh, we've been talking so much about Alabama, about um, the, the uh, accusations of sexual harassment against uh, many different men of different, uh, from different, including the president of the United States. Meanwhile, the Russian investigation just keeps... Coast coming along, along right? Coming along. Right, under the radar. You yeah. were in court yesterday.
0: Yeah, I was there. Um, on this
1: issue, what was up?
0: Uh, Paul Manafort and Rick Gates were back in court. Um, they're still under house arrest, you know, how many months later, two months later, one, a month and a half later. Because there's been some issues, um, special counsel Mueller's team <laughs> has said that they can't even really confirm, you know, the worth of their assets and their net worth to come up with a bail package. So there's been a lot of... Procedural hiccups. And the biggest one, of course, this this past week was Paul Manafort um, was accused of ghostwriting an op ed for a Ukrainian outlet that was basically kind of defending his Ukraine work Um, and his lawyers, of course, you know you know, said that he didn't really have anything to do with it until Mueller's team turned over a document they said showed the track changes that Manafort had added to the op-ed. So he got a, a scolding from the judge yesterday who told him, you know, there's a gag order on this case. You're not supposed to be talking to media. This applies to everyone, and this is exactly what I'm talking about when I say don't talk to media.
1: What was he doing? What was he thinking?
0: It's. I mean, we've heard a couple different stories, both, you know, his lawyers in the court documents. Um, my colleague was in touch with the um, person whose byline was on the op-ed, and you know, their story is that this guy just took on the initiative to write this op-ed on his own, and and checked with one of Manafort's longtime colleagues about the accuracy, and it got passed on to Manafort. But then you see Manafort kind of inserts these lines and um, points that have been sort of long-held talking points of his to defend his work. So. I, I don't know if he just didn't really think he was going to get caught or what, but either way, it's definitely another hiccup as he's trying to get out of home confinement.
1: Uh, right. And when does he go to trial, actually?
0: They they haven't set a date yet. I mean, I think the earliest we could see it is late spring, but it might even be later than that. They're still working on the you know, very beginning of the schedule and, and all the kind of pre-trial issues that have to be figured out before that.
1: So when the White House says that which I've heard them say several times that this whole investigation is winding down it'll be over by the end of the year. What are they what are they what are they thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean the only I mean from their, their perspective the only way <laughs> I kind of see that making sense with what's really going on is that maybe they're, you know, they think that their aides will be done with their interviews as we as we know, you know, a, a number of top aides have been oh, interviewed yeah, in recent weeks yeah. but it's, it's you know, as as more stuff comes out, I mean, it seems every couple of weeks there's a new indictment that sheds light on a whole different episode or a different period in this whole, whole span of time that just raises a whole host of new questions. It's hard to think that all those questions are going to be answered in the next couple of weeks. All
1: right. So yesterday was Manafort and Gates and Papadopoulos, and let's not forget him. Yeah. Today is Michael Flynn. Um, what's the difference between... The, the charges against Manafort, Gates, and the charges against Michael Flynn.
0: Well, one big difference is that Michael Flynn has pled pleaded guilty and appears to be cooperating with um, the Mueller investigation, while Manafort and Gates are um, are sort of uh, are have pleaded not guilty and are you know by all mm. by all signs look like they're going to you know. Fight the fight the charges, and there
1: were a lot, lot more charges filed against Manafort and Gates. Yeah, so there's Bush.
0: there's twelve counts, and you know the White House spin is this is this is stuff that was they were doing well before they were on the campaign. It's not Russia right. related, but it's it's, a, it's at the very best the gray area because at least according to the charging documents, some of these money laundering and tax evasion crimes were alleged crimes were happening all the way up into 2016. And when you're when you're looking at sort of the figures and the and the lobbying work that was implicated, it's people that we think that they were still talking to during the campaign. So there's at least questions that need to be sorted out. You know,
1: but if they can dismiss Manafort and Gates as being basically pre-Trump team, they can't say that about Michael Flynn.
0: No, they? and that's why his cooperation was such a huge huge win for the, the Mueller team because he is someone who was there from the beginning of the campaign from, I think, February, March 2016. So really the bulk of campaign, he was a top aide. And then he was there through the transition. And then he was there the first two, three weeks before he was ousted. And, you know, he was he's also key to the, the, the decision to fire James Comey because according to James Comey's account, President Trump asked him to go easy on, on Flynn. So he's really kind of a either... Being a person in the room or being a person that was kind of an element of a, a major decision through this whole, whole time span.
1: So the two tracks we've been told or at least um, it has been reported that Mueller is on, one, collusion and two, obstruction of justice, yes. correct? Yes. So do you see it that way? Okay. Michael Flynn is an avenue to both of those, isn't he?
0: I mean, he definitely has, he was in the room or was involved in or directly contacting, you know, Russian, the right. Russian ambassador. And, so that's
1: the collusion stuff, Yeah, right. so that,
0: that raises those questions. And yes, then there's, you know, this decision to f- fire Comey. And there's also a question of whether, you know, the, the the question people are asking now is with Flynn lying to the FBI as he pleaded, pleaded guilty to, who knew about, knew about that decision and where did that?
1: Donald Trump says he did. <laughs> and so he, he tweeted out yeah. that, that he knew he was lying to the FBI.
0: Yeah, right? very Fired problematic. Pro- very problematic tweet for his legal team to say the least. And yeah. the question is, who knew he lied, led to, lied to the FBI? Why was he? Re- if someone did know, if someone top up in the in the Trump administration or Trump himself knew that he lied, why was he allowed to stay in the White House for two to three weeks? And Did he did he lie on his own accord or did someone tell him to lie? So these are all major questions that are kind of swirling around the White House. All
1: right. So Michael Flynn is cooperating. We know that Uh, Robert Mueller told us that and Flynn hasn't denied it. And he's cooperating on these two tracks, collusion and obstruction of justice. Who could he implicate Uh, whom in the White House could he implicate in either of those tracks?
0: On the uh, on the on the Russian communications, track. who want to be nervous? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know that from these charging documents that a host of, of figures were at Mar-a-Lago who and knew that he was talking to the Russian ambassador. We also have, you know, among the things that the charging documents also raise, were the communications um, earlier in December with during a UN vote to lobby um, behind mm-hmm. the scenes back channel on a UN vote on Israel, and we have reports showing that Jared Kushner was in on those communications. We you have a very at least a lot of people who knew he was having these contacts, a lot of those people lied to the press about those contacts. <laughs> Lying to the press isn't necessarily a crime. So but Jared
1: Kushner, Donald Jr.?
0: Donald Jr. is implicated in other points of this timeline. I don't I haven't seen anything about him being there for the the sort of late transition issues, but he's certainly well,
1: the famous meeting in June. Yeah. Earlier
0: on in the timeline, he's certainly implicated. And that's where you kind of see Paul Manafort is implicated because he was also in that Trump Tower meeting. So, yeah, it's a whole web of different people Jeez. at different time.
1: So how about uh, Trump himself
0: and Mike Pence? I mean, Vice President Pence has, a, has a, a talent for somehow never being in the room or aware of all these key decisions. And either he just has a radar to know that something bad or sketchy is about to happen and removing himself from the, the situation. But do you really or- believe
1: he didn't know why Trump was firing Comey?
0: I mean, we're going to find out, I think, at some point what he knew and when he knew, but...
1: Okay. I Uh, mean, he's
0: he's been walking a line of being, you know, the person who obviously has to remain very loyal and, you know, stand up for Trump, but I think also kind of sees a long game and knows that whether Trump, you know, makes it to the end of his term or, or not, Mike Pence wants to be the heir apparent and, you know make his own political career keep moving forward regardless of what happens to Trump. So I think he has to play both both sides of it.
1: Right. Uh, how about so could Flynn implicate the president himself?
0: I mean, it'll it'll, be, it'll depend one key question is how did if 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 Trump was telling Comey lay off of Flynn, what did he know about Flynn's legal problems? Where did he know find out about legal's problems and did Flynn himself say, "Hey, Mr. President, I'm in trouble, I lied to the FBI, I'm under investigation, what can you tell me? So if th- that's one ma- bigger question is what Flynn knew about President Trump's request to Comey at the time and whether that played a role in Comey eventually being fired. Whatever
1: happened to Flynn's son?
0: That's a good question. He's still tweeting. He's still tweeting He's along. still out there, No, yeah, really? Yeah, he's still <laughs> tweeting. Um, so, I mean, at this point, there's a lot of questions on whether... He would be swept up on on this, and whether Mueller would, uh, you know, ultimately charge Flynn Jr. as well, because Flynn has been, you know, his father's chief of staff, top aide. When you talk about some of the sketchy business dealings, mm-hmm. it, you know, it seems like the son was involved in a lot of these on, a lot of these business deals. Yeah,
1: um, there was some uh, some speculation at the time that that Michael Flynn, daddy, yeah. was cooperating. Uh, partly to save his son.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something, it's definitely a theory, it's definitely, I mean, you just, when you looked at the sort of charges, that the charging document, and compare that based to what we kind of know from all the other sort of uh, reports and congressional investigations to Flynn's sort of business, it does seem like there was a lot of things that were left off that could have been at least mentioned or... Uh, alluded to that that weren't in terms of some of the other stuff that Flynn is right. been accused of. Now,
1: not to um, mention the opposition, but there's been a story the last couple of days on Politico. I've seen the headline. I haven't read it. Um, that missing in all the talk about the Russian one name missing in all the talk about the Russian investigation is Steve Bannon.
0: Yeah, it's 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 pretty.
1: And it's strange. I mean, it's pretty why? interesting. I, I mean, he was right there.
0: He was right there, and.
1: I mean, at least I haven't seen his Yeah,
0: I don't know if maybe he just, you know, as far as we know, if you compare sort of Manafort and Flynn, sort of foreign business, mm-hmm. foreign lobbying, you know, Bannon for all the, you know, all the sort of questionable things in his background, it doesn't seem like, you know, he kept most of his troubles domestic or most of his scandal, scandalous behavior domestic. So maybe he, he wasn't as ex- exposed in that sense. Um,
1: maybe he was smart enough to say oh this is a meeting about Russia Uh unless yeah. I have another meeting over here I've got to go to yeah <laughs> I mean maybe he just
0: he kind of knew that this this wasn't was it a place you wanted to be and and we we know that there were a lot of Uh, while he was there, a lot of intra-White House rivalries, him and Kushner, him and Priebus. Thank God that's
3: over.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, thank
0: God they're all getting along swell. That, (laughs) you know, maybe he saw the sort of questions about all of this as something to his advantage when he's looking at Kushner as, this is a vulnerability for Kushner. Let me make sure that this is not a vulnerability for myself.
1: Mm. And um, are the Senate and House investigations still ongoing and they're
0: still chugging along i think i mean kind of, some are more dysfunctional than others <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: um this the, mean, the
1: house isn't functioning at no, all. no and
0: it? we're seeing sort of a rift in the house where you have republicans now who are trying to make it about unmasking they're trying to make it about uh you know what was clinton's ties to these other russia related deals under the obama administration they're trying to make it about who are these Mueller uh, officials, people on Mueller's team, and did they have, were they Clinton supporters? They're making it about and the, the uranium dossi- deal. Yeah, the uranium deal. They're making it about the dossier. Whether yeah. the dossier was just a Democratic smear campaign. They're, they're trying. It appears they're trying to look for any other sort of exit route from the central question as a way to sort of distract, to bolster Trump, to undermine the the, the central investigation. So that's what we're seeing on the House, and to a certain extent, I think on the se- on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Chuck Grassley's also signaled interest in those sort of avenues. Um, so at this point, it seems like the Senate intel one is the only one that hasn't completely been disrupted by internal dysfunction and Republican-Democratic infighting, uh, under, at least not in a public sense, the way it's kind of been publicly evident.
1: Under Richard Burr and uh, Mark Warner. Under
0: Richard Burr and Mark oh, Warner.
1: Only one of the three that's really... Yeah. Has any... Potential, I guess. Of, or a got-
0: bipartisan. I mean, I think what we'll see from these other invest- congressional investigations is minority majority reports and, and whatnot. And, but it seems like the Senate intel, they're, they're trying their best at least to keep it bipartisan and keep it on the central mission.
1: So what's the worst that could happen out of the Mueller investigation for Donald Trump?
0: <laughs>
3: Sky's the limit,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean obviously he, the the kind I mean, of liberal pi- the liberal pipe dream is, uh, you know, an indictment against President Trump. I'm very skeptical it will. It seems by by all signs, you know, that this is this operation, this legal operation, is set up to protect President Trump. And I think we could see from the reaction to that tweet from over the weekend or two weekends ago, where he seemed to implicate himself in obstruction justice. You have John down his personal lawyer, immediately claimed to write the treat and, you know, fall on his sword. So I think the, the legal operation is to set up to set up to protect Trump at all means possible. I mean, the next question is whether an impeachment could happen. And I think that would be depending on how the 2018 elections go. Or you just have all your top aides, you know, facing criminal mm-hmm. charges. Um, your son facing criminal charges. Your, you know, son-in-law facing criminal charges. I think that is kind of where I see the the worst case scenario for President Trump.
1: Right, that everyone around him maybe yeah. is indicted, and then he's yeah forced to either stay there alone or resign. Or he's, and he's just isolated. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, he
0: had a loyalty to Flynn for for months after Flynn was ousted, and I think he's still really mm-hmm. upset about what's happened to Flynn. That imagine if if a similar fate is Facing his son-in-law or his son,
1: can uh, he could pardon all of them?
0: He can pardon all of them for federal crimes. So uh, the tea leaves that we've all been reading is any any sign that there's an effort to bring state and local crimes. Um, and there is a line in the charging documents um, or the the pleading documents with um, hmm. Flynn that says he's he's instructed to cooperate with state and local officials. There's been reports that the New York Attorney General's office has been working on Manafort stuff. So. It appears that Mueller is at least aware of this threat of a pardon from Trump and is doing what he can to bring other sorts of, you know, crimes that Trump couldn't pardon.
1: So the, I didn't realize that. The president cannot pardon for a state crime. Correct. For, okay. Hmm. Can he pardon himself for a federal crime?
0: Uh, that's <laughs> that's a hotly debated uh, topic. So I am not a constitutional lawyer, so I'm not going to give a definitive answer, but it's certainly something people are asking. and. I don't think people are are taking off the table that he might try.
1: You know damn well he <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um so we um uh, heard yesterday from four new not 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 new, four women yeah. who've been there in the past were sort of ignored in the past or reviled in the past when they made their uh accusations against uh Donald Trump, he denied it. He called them liars and fabricators and threatened to su- said he was going to sue every one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for defaming him, which he did not sue even one of them. um, Will they be paid any more attention this year than they were last year?
0: I think so. I don't think this is going away, Mm. and I think it's, you know, the momentum is building. I think, I mean, there's a question people have asked that, you know, while we've seen so many people in the entertainment industry sort of have to um, be sort of ousted, we're seeing people in all other industries that are, you know, getting fired and, and at least, very least, you in know... In the media, for sure. In the sure. media, that, you know, at some point, this has got to hit the political world in a way that people are actually held accountable. Um, and I just think Republicans, particularly the White House, you know, when there was a moment during, I think it was the Al Franken stuff, where you have all these RNC press releases. Everyone has to donate their Franken donations, this or, this or that. And it's like, do you really want to walk down this avenue right. considering? <laughs> like, do you really want to set this precedent? And I think... Uh, and I think it's you know the White House is kind of in a catch twenty two. You can't say, well, we believe these accusers, but not the accusers against the president. I mean, the questions are just. Well, Sarah
1: Huckabee Sanders tried yeah. to straddle that fence yesterday, Jamie. If we can again, where she said. No we want
0: these women to come forward yeah
6: but uh, yeah here she he is. thinks it's
4: a good thing uh, that women are coming forward but he also feels strongly that a mere allegation shouldn't determine the course uh, and in this case the president has denied any of these allegations as have eyewitnesses
1: mm-hmm right and uh, he's denied them so therefore if you know it's like we want them all to come forward yeah. but all those women are that that came forward against us. Forget them this because they're all liars. This is sort of like liars.
3: what we feared with this moment: is that it's be, it's being weaponized. Yeah. And like you know, <clears throat> I think Al Franken deserved all the grief that he got, and he probably should have resigned. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't really run around gloating over Al Franken having to resign when you are a Donald Trump supporter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean that
3: takes that takes an incredible amount of of. Like
0: lack, uh, or, of lack of self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it is it is um, kind of incredible how you know people can believe one set of allegations and not another. And I think I think I think we're gonna hear a lot more more politicians sort of implicated. Obviously, we had the Trent Franks um, resignation last week. Yeah, but um, I,
1: I think it's notable that Trent Franks did resign. Paul Ryan never called on him to resign.
0: I mean, Paul Ryan issued that statement that made it sound like he was—he was the one that asked for it. Yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, that it, it came up to but, him and who. He, but he, you wanted, know, he
1: was. Paul Ryan did publicly say John Conyers ought to resign. Yeah, you know, he never publicly said Trent Franks ought to resign, and he still has not said that Blake Farenthold should resign.
0: No, F- but Farenthold I mean, I, like I, I re- said, I think there's going to be a lot more, and I think you know, every set of <laughs> allegations is a little bit different. That kind of see how they thread that and how they kind of decide which one and. I think a lot of this is going to have to do with politics. And when you look and say, well, who's a safe seat and who is a Roy Moore who <laughs> might be giving a seat to a Democrat in Alabama, I think, I, think, I think it's just at the beginning and we're going to see a lot of kind of hypocrisy and a lot of uh, uncomfortable decisions. To and- me,
1: the weakest argument that the White House keeps coming up with, and we just heard Sarah Sanders use it again, is, OK, all these women made these accusations, but then he was elected president. So therefore, yeah. it's over. Therefore, yeah. it never happened. I mean, that's
0: a precedent they're not going to love setting if, a, if a, you know, allegations no. come out against a Democrat. You could say
1: that about words. Al Franken, he yeah. was elected senator, boom, then it'll be over with. Yeah. But they'll make that argument. Some people will probably make that argument. It's Roy Moore. Yeah. Well, the people of Alabama knew what the allegations I'm already here. were. No,
0: I've seen that argument made already. So.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think, I think that's definitely an argument they're going to make. I'm sure there's going to be a point where they're going to try to step back from that argument against a Democrat. But... I guess we'll just have to see where the chips fall.
1: Right now, um, I, again, I don't think we're going to see congressional hearings as these women uh, talked about yesterday. But uh, uh, my feelings—we haven't heard the last of these no. 13 women about uh, about them. No, homosexual. not at all. No, right. Hey, Tierney, so good to see great you. Great seeing you. Thanks much. Have a great, great holiday. Yeah. And you can follow Tierney Snead at Talking Points Memo, TalkingPointsMemo.com, of course. Chris Liu joins us next. Uh, he's with the Miller Center at the University of Virginia and a former Deputy Secretary of Labor under President Obama. So hang in there, stay tuned. Hour number two this is coming
2: up is the Bill Press Show.
1: Decision Day in Alabama. Okay, people of Alabama, get out and vote and do the right thing. Reject Roy Moore. Send us a, a good man by the name of Doug Jones to Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody. Great to see you on a Tuesday, Tuesday, December 12. Uh, how about it? It is the Bill Press Show. You are part of it, of course, wherever you are in this great land of ours, coast to coast. We're coming to you live from our studio in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill with all the news of the day. Two big stories we've been following. Uh, the First of all, again, this election uh, in Alabama. Uh, Doug Jones and Roy Moore both having their uh, final big rallies last night. Now it is all up to turnout. Hard to believe that the uh, Secretary of State of uh, Alabama... Uh, predicts uh, 25% voter turnout for an election that everybody in the whole damn country is talking about. Uh, we hope he's he or she, I'm not sure, is wrong and the people of Alabama uh, give this election the attention it deserves and send the right person to Washington. And also, uh, four women that we heard from last year, they were ignored last year when they came out with their charges of sexual harassment and, worse, uh, sexual assault against uh, Donald Trump. They are back and calling for uh, now a congressional investigation into those charges in this Me Too moment. Will Donald Trump have his time in this Me Too moment? He should. All of that coming up um, with our special guest. Chris Liu is a former Deputy Secretary of Labor, now with the University of Virginia's great Miller Center. Hello, Chris. Nice to see you.
6: It's great to be here.
1: Thanks so much for coming in. Absolutely. we got lots to talk about. We'll jump right to it. But first... <laughs> Peter with the this big headlines here, Court Press.
3: Yes, indeed, just a couple of other stories making news, sad news as Francisco uh, this morning as San Francisco mayor Ed Lee is dead at the age of 65. No, so sad. He died early this morning at the Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. This is according to a statement from his office. Now, this means that the board of supervisors president London Breed immediately becomes acting mayor of San Francisco. Uh, Breed will talk to reporters later on today, but that so, that's a shock for a lot of people.
1: A real shocker. He's a great guy. Met him several times, um, has been a great leader for San Francisco uh, as mayor and before that. As mayor, Chris, you probably uh, knew uh, Ed Lee. Too. Yeah, I had yeah. a chance
6: to meet Ed a couple of times uh, when I was in the White House. In the first term, I was the cabinet secretary, so we interacted oh, yeah. with uh, many of the mayors. Uh, And then in 2015, as the Deputy Secretary of Labor, I went out to do an event with him. Um, The mayor was working hard uh, to diversify the workforce in the IT sector and had come up with some interesting training models to bring in underprivileged people. So we toured a, a job training center together. I would also say, uh, he was a legend in the Asian-American community. Um, I don't think most people know this. Uh, first Asian-American mayor of San Francisco uh, had devoted his uh, the early part of his career.
1: It's just uh, surprising given the Asian-American give, community exactly, in San Given, Francisco. given the community. Yeah. And,
6: he, he had, he had, and it's an interesting story. I mean, he had come up as basically a lawyer working, I think, with the uh, Asian Law Caucus and then had, had been the city administrator and then had been sort of elevated to mayor, uh, I think, when Gavin Newsom became lieutenant governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, uh, it was seen he was going to be the caretaker, and uh, yeah. he wasn't going to run. And he turned out to be a fantastic mayor.
3: As we near the end of the year, all of these big end of the year lists <laughs> are out. Well, this all morning, right. Merriam-Webster has their list for word of the year oh. for 2017. We already uh, had that. Not Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster's oh, oh, Merriam- okay. Webster's, uh, word of the year for 2017 is feminism. Feminism. Oh. They say that lookups for the word feminism on their website have increased 70% since last year and spiked several times after key events. Gee, I wonder which events they could possibly be talking uh, about.
1: Yeah, you wonder, right? Yeah,
3: so that is the word of the year according to Merriam-Webster.
1: Maybe the last list was compl- complicity. Complicit. Complicit, complicit yes. yeah.
3: Because Ivanka looked forward to being <laughs> complicit in her father's campaign. <laughs>
2: On TV and online, this is the Bill Press Show.
1: D Day in Alabama, Tuesday, December twelfth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bill Press Show. As we roll into hour number two here, with lots to talk about, coming to you live from Washington D.C. and we are joining you online on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/TheBillPressShow. If you're watching online, don't forget to sign up and become a subscriber to the Bill Press Show. And you will hear from us uh, all throughout the day with all of our updates. You, uh, we join you also on Free Speech TV, coast to coast, and on the great progressive voice of Chicago, WCPT, out in the greater Chicago area. In studio with us, Chris Lee is a former Deputy Secretary of Labor under President Obama, former Cabinet Secretary uh, for the President as well. Uh, and now with uh, the Miller Center at the University of Virginia. Chris, you're also a member of the DNC, correct?
6: I, I was just appointed by uh, Chairman Tom Perez, who was my boss at as the
1: yes. Secretary of Labor. Nice uh, To the DNC. So um, yesterday, um, Nina Turner was in, who is a member of the DNC. She's president of our revolution, and she is on the the Reform Commission that was established after the last convention to take a look at things like superdelegates, caucuses, closed primaries, and all those issues, uh, which will be before the Rules and Bylaws Committee. Are you on that committee? I am on that committee. You're on that committee, and then before the full DNC. Have you had a chance to look at their – their recommendations are –
6: cut superdelegates by 60%. Have you had a chance to look at it yet, and uh, how do you vote? I I did find this sort of amusing. I become a superdelegate, and I may end up my first action will be to cut my own powers. You know, look, I've I've had a chance to take a look at that. I'm not going to prejudge it until I have a chance to be brief more fully on it. I think this is an important moment in the party's history. I mean, we've kind of gone from uh, primaries, uh, nominees being decided in back rooms to kind of a more open primary system post sixty eight seventy two and I think it's appropriate and then we kind of shifted back again. I, I think it's I think it's appropriate to find the right balances between primaries, caucuses, open primaries, closed primaries, superdelegates. And so um, this is an important moment. Do you um do you do you feel that people who represent a state should
1: be should have to follow the will of the people of the state? <laughs> <laughs> I mean if California, let's say, votes for name your candidate, right? Elizabeth Warren Right? Should their senators or elected officials be able to go off and say, "No, no, no, we don't care what about Elizabeth. We don't care what you think. You know, we'd rather support Sherrod Brown."
6: You know, it's an interesting thing because there there are at large members of the DNC who are elected through their state, and then there's 75 that are elected by the chair, including myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I certainly share many of the values of people in Virginia, but I wasn't put on the DNC. Uh, as a representative of my state, and so I think that is one of the interesting dynamics that 's going to come and it 'll be interesting to see you know what what in the end uh, the role of superdelegates becomes
1: well one of the points that uh, that Nina made yesterday is that this decision uh, w- given the recommendations of the reform commission committee or whatever it 's called commission committee um, that the decision is far from over uh, there 's going to be a lot of of a discussion at the rules and bylaws committee and at the the full membership in the spring meeting of the of the uh, of the DNC uh, and I think you uh, confirmed that point that uh, this decision is far from over so
6: you know I was heartened by the fact people who are
1: interested go to democrats. Org, I think or it's, it's
6: or it. org, yeah, right. <laughs> Yes, <dot> .org, yes. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I was heartened by the fact that the commission did reach these recommendations on a unanimous vote. And yep. this was yep. obviously a very contentious issue with representatives of both the Sanders and the cohn No, it represents camp. a and, real compromise. It absolutely I mean, is. And so yep. I think it needs to be taken a careful look at. What's going to
1: happen in Alabama?
6: Uh, I think win or lose, this is a victory for the Democratic Party. I mean, I think- How we, can you say that? Well, I look- um, I, uh, obviously, if we win, that's picking up a seat. Um, I think, uh, boy, I, I can't imagine what would do more to help uh, be- make Nancy Pelosi the Speaker and Chuck Schumer the Senate Majority Leader than having Roy Moore uh, hung around every candidate in 2018. Uh, Republicans are on of, their
1: neck. Uh, we, yeah, <laughs> huh? right? yeah.
6: I, it's, it's not an analogy like you <laughs> s- yeah. speaking about Alabama, but I will say that uh, you know they're, they're already facing significant headwinds with Trump, and I, you know. I, the, the the yard sign I'm going to put out there is no more Trump and uh, M-O-O-R-E, Trump. Mm, mm. And I, I think every Republican candidate is going to have to answer for uh, not only its support from the RNC, but for the controversial positions that Roy Moore has taken.
1: Uh, it's interesting because I made the opposite point on CNN, say, but saying the same thing, that win or lose, it's bad for the Republicans. Either way. Because of the points that you made, right. you know, uh, if they win, they're stuck with this turkey, right? And going to have to defend him in 2018 or throw him out, which I don't think they will. Uh, and if they lose, they they get a Democrat <laughs> in the uh, in the United States Senate.
6: You know, I started my career on Capitol Hill in the 90s, and I remember Democrats, you know, uh, made great headway running against Newt Gingrich in elections. And we've seen more recently uh, Republicans running against Nancy Pelosi. I can't imagine a more toxic combination for Republican staff to defend than Donald Trump and Roy Moore, Moore, particularly in those swing suburban districts where, as we saw in Virginia, um, they're having a difficult time uh, keeping those right now in their own uh, uh, their own uh, side. Uh, and add Roy Moore, that's going to be very challenging for them.
1: Isn't it interesting to see, I mean, uh, I made the point earlier that just the fact that they're having this election today, to me, shows how clueless the Republican Party has become. I mean, th- there were some wiser <laughs> voices early on when these sexual allegations, that, that these pedophilia allegations against, uh, against Roy Moore came out that, whoa, let's slow things down. And let's delay it and delay the date and have push the election into 2018, give somebody else a chance, to, a Republican, to mount a campaign or put together a real strong writing campaign. No, no, no. They said, no, nope, we're going to go ahead and hold it December 12. So they blew one opportunity to save themselves, right? I guess they really feel that they can do whatever they, whatever they want in America and the people will t- – Except,
6: well, I, you know, look. Optimistically, I, I look at the comments from Senator Shelby this weekend, where he, you know, pretty clearly disavowed Roy Moore, and I think, uh, you know, uh, Shelby is 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 clearly as conservative as they come, but he understands that Alabama is changing. And having spent a little bit of time down there, uh, they have a, a burgeoning high tech industry down there. It is it is a a place where increasingly people are uh, coming back to after going to college, and I think he just sees what this means for the state's reputation and. And, and how it sends them backwards to a place that uh, isn't as friendly to businesses and for uh, for people to move to. And so it, it, this is an important moment for America. It's certainly an important moment for Alabama as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I heard some part of a conversation again on CNN yesterday about why did Shelby do this? And the speculation was well, he has a chance to be head of the appropriation if something happens to Thad Cochran or something. He, or. Uh, He's never really liked Roy Moore. He never got along with him or whatever, you know. I said, you know, there's another chance. Maybe he just sees that this is not good, right, that he's got some moral character and knows that Roy Moore is not somebody he wants to support. Maybe he's doing the right thing. I know that's hard to say for some member of Congress sometimes, but in this case, I
6: think he did. And I think the interesting thing will be, I mean, we've heard Tim Scott over the weekend even say that, you know, he's anticipating an ethics investigation as soon as Moore is seated. Uh, Look, I'm sort of skeptical that will actually happen. I think if more wins, I think some of this opposition kind of melts away. But we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, um, they started yesterday, I believe, when I got off the subway last night, about 8 o'clock. The light was still on the Capitol. They were working away, I figured, up to no good, probably the conference committee meeting on this tax cut bill. Um, What's your expectation uh, and of course, today's election could change the 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 the, the vote count. Um, but let's assuming it stays where it is now in the Senate. What's your expectation? Are they going to get a tax cut bill through? And how? How good or how
6: bad is it? You know, I don't know, and I think there's still uh, there are still many hurdles um, to overcome before we get to a final product that they want to apparently get voted on next week. Um, I mean, right now the figure, the the the, the math doesn't work out, uh, and to try to make some of the changes, whether it's on the corporate AMT, uh, whether it's adjusting estate tax, um, you know, how they handle the individual mandate, these are all. Important policy decisions, but they also add or subtract money to the final amount. And right now, they're stuck with 1.5 trillion, which is how high as they can go uh, to meet the Senate reconciliation rules. And so, you know, if they if they um, uh, if they eliminate the corporate AMT, I think that's 173 billion that they need to find somewhere else. Uh, and so, uh, look at the end of the day, they will come up with a compromise. Um, is it one that Susan Collins? Uh, Jeff Flake, uh, John McCain can vote on. Um, I think you start to see over the weekend, uh, Collins start to back away a little bit from the vote. And I think she realizes now uh, that she probably got taken uh, as part of the negotiations. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, you know, and I think I think Flake may soon find out that his assurances of being part of any DACA conversation yeah. uh, were were pretty empty as well. So it, it will be but they, interesting. But to hear but they happen.
3: knew what they were getting into. They knew this is who Donald Trump is. I mean, you can't go into this to, to this argument or this 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 negotiation with Donald Trump in good faith and say like, oh, okay, well he said I'm going to get this, so. Surely, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel safe. About it. Like they just—they probably just they, laughed at them when they walked out.
1: They were of the a room. suckered. They were totally completely. A suckered. Yeah. You
6: know, for Donald Trump, the art of the deal is reneging on deals, and yeah. that's that's what he has done throughout his entire business and political career.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's what, that's what he's doing here. So, so what you're saying is there's a chance they won't get a bill.
6: I think there's a chance, but I think given the priority uh, that, that the White House has put on this, and you know, this is part of uh, you know core Republican uh, principles to cut taxes. I think they will eventually for get some, the wealthiest of For America. the wealthiest yeah. of Americans. Yeah. Right. It, it is interesting. I mean, if you go back and look at Ronald Reagan's tax reform, and it generally was tax reform in 1986, Ronald Reagan said he wasn't signing it unless it was revenue neutral. And he was able to cut uh, the individual tax mm-hmm. rates, and then he added the money back on the corporate side. This is not a tax a bill that Ronald Reagan would have signed.
1: No, this is not tax reform by any measure. No,
6: and we should stop calling it tax reform. It's a tax cut for the wealthy bill. In fact,
1: I, I've noticed, I mean, that's all Donald Trump calls it, tax cuts. I mean, at least he's honest about that. Tax cuts, tax cuts, tax cuts. That's what we're delivering at Christmas. He doesn't say tax reform anymore, uh, tax, uh, tax cuts. So uh, in terms of, you, you, you talked about the burden of carrying Roy Moore with them into the midterm elections of 2018, uh, there's another burden they're going to carry, which is this tax cut bill, right?
6: Yeah, the polling on this thing is terrible. Um, the USA Today poll yesterday found that it, it polls worse than any major piece of legislation passed in the last 30 years, uh, including <laughs> the ACA. The other poll uh, that 538 did last week, they compared the approval rating of this thing Uh, This tax cut, in in, in quotation marks, this tax cut pulls worse than the uh, 1993 Clinton tax increase and the 1990 uh, Bush tax increase. So when your tax cut pulls worse than a tax increase, uh, that is not a good thing. And clearly the American people have seen through this. The overwhelming majority do not believe their taxes will get cut.
1: Right. And whatever number approve it now, don't you think that that number has to go down once people – Most people really don't know the details of this bill yet. But once they see that they're getting screwed, right, that once they see who's really benefiting from this bill, which um, may not. uh, Well, let's hope that they discover that before the midterms and not after.
6: Well, and it's important, I think, for progressives to continue to. air the facts on this. And I think it's, you know, th- this is one where we can't rest uh, after, again, assuming a bill gets passed. I mean, we need to keep hammering home uh, the implications of this for people earning $75,000, uh, the trillion dollars of debt this adds to 13 million people who are going to lose health insurance uh, when the individual mandate goes away. And I think we keep hammering that home. And I think Democratic Democratic candidates will have uh, a field day with this next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Now um, we are in this little interregnum um, here again. Our guest uh, Chris Liu from, and you can follow Chris on Twitter, uh, Chris forty four. Right, that's right. That's said to the old Obama forty four. <laughs> the old Obama forty four. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How about were you surprised? The pres- uh, th- uh, I know tangent here, but Please. the President Obama jumped into the uh, Alabama race yesterday with the uh, the robocall.
6: I'm not uh, because, you know, look, he he was in campaigning um, in New Jersey and Virginia uh, in those elections. Uh, He waited till the very end. Uh, I I think the calculation was less uh, uh, whether he wants to be political. I think he certainly wants to be political at the appropriate times. I think it was more whether the outside help uh, would be meaningful or not. And I think the decision was obviously uh, Doug Jones needs a very, very heavy turnout among African-Americans. There's no one who could fire up that group uh, more than uh, Barack Obama, and and actually Joe is out there making a robocall mm-hmm, and actually mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. Uh, emailed folks on behalf of jo- uh, Jones as well.
1: Right, uh, and the president has a, a record of delivering the African American vote in Alabama, a record high uh, at times. So if they uh, if they remember that, come out and vote for his guy, you know that could be very helpful Absolutely. to uh, to Doug Jones. So what I started to say is we're in this interregnum now between last Friday. And December 22nd, they were able to keep the government alive again or or, 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 or the lights on for for two weeks, which is pretty sad that that's about – as much as you can expect out of this congress right i mean that's all they can accomplish
6: and, and it's sad given the fact that they have unified government i mean they could pass the budget on their own yeah. uh, with yeah, all republican point. votes and yeah. and the fact that you've got
1: they control everything and this is the best they can do right
6: i mean trump is still out there you know uh, beating on pelosi and schumer for 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 uh, for obstructing on this i mean if he could get his votes he could get this budget passed but he he can't and, and i think the freedom caucus is going to uh, make uh, the next couple of weeks very interesting.
1: So uh, coming up against a deadline, it's hard to believe that they would <laughs> let Christmas happen with the government shut down. Uh, you know this date of December 22nd, uh, but at the same time, there are some hurdles they have to overcome right before they can get another continuing resolution. Yeah.
6: Look, I, I think there's I think it's getting the numbers right. I think obviously conservatives want to increase the defense spending. Um, Democrats aren't going to allow that unless there's an equal increase on the on the domestic side as well. And then I think the other question is really how hard Pelosi and Schumer push for DACA for healthcare fixes in there. If I were on if I were on their side, I would say, look, this is the most leverage you're ever going to have. I would put it all in there and say, well, look, we're not giving you the votes. and We're willing to shut down the government over this. But I um, We'll see what happens.
1: Right. I was just going to say, this is their best moment, isn't it? Right. I mean, this is the only- They'll never have the leverage that they've got right now.
6: And and then the only question- Never, unless they get
1: power back, but
6: as a minority party. If if they play that card, I think Mm -hmm. the question will be, is what effect Trump has on the Freedom Caucus and whether he can twist enough arms to get people to vote for this. Um, So far, they've been willing to fall in line with him on difficult votes. Um, Although on, on the ACA originally, I mean, they were withholding their votes, so- um, you know, look, you know, we've got Mick Mulvaney, who was a former member of the Freedom Caucus, who now appears to be all for adding more debt. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Right. Do you think Trump would go would make a deal on DACA? Uh,
6: you know, I mean, we had that remarkable moment a couple of months ago in the Oval Office. It looked he, like he was ready to. It then. looked like he was ready. And I think he caught enough heat, not yeah. only from the folks within the White House, but from his base. And he pulled away from that. Again, the politics politics of this one are squarely in the Democrats' favor. I mean, not only the polling on this issue, but also you've got so many Republican moderates who think this is the right thing to do. I mean, the only question is is whether there's actually a pathway to citizenship in there or not. Uh, But there is a deal to be cut.
1: But isn't the fear uh, for Democrats that if they were to hang hang tough and the result of that was a government shuts down, that they— yeah. I mean remember the we remember the New Gingrich shutdown, right?
6: Right. You know, and I and and I lived through uh, in the Obama administration one actual shutdown in 2013 and then a, a couple of boarded shutdowns along the way. Uh, again, I think this is the message and challenge and I think th- the question would be is why Republicans can't keep the government open when they ha- they have the votes on yeah. their side. It's going to yeah. be
3: really hard to blame Democrats. <laughs> really hard to blame Democrats.
1: Yeah. But, of course Donald Trump blames him now for <laughs> for everything everything, everything. Uh, and including he's paying he paid all those women to come forward yesterday uh, in that news conference you, you know,
6: know and he's tweeting about it again this morning
1: mm-hmm right trying to tying that with Russian collusion yeah, absolutely
6: because oh. it's all one and the same <laughs> oh, right
1: um, so the, the you know, the big question is, um, how many Diet Cokes do you drink a day?
6: I, I will tell you, I have many criticisms <laughs> of the president. Uh, as my wife can tell you, I, dr- I Coke Zero is my drink of choice. Oh, um, oh, and I will oh, do sure. a half dozen easily in an afternoon. Uh, a half dozen? Uh, I will do really? a lot. I will do a lot, actually. Well, I, I can mm. knock it out. for So that I, I will criticize him on many things. I will not criticize him on that, although 12 is even a little extreme for me. 12 is a lot, man. 12 is a lot. And then you add on top of that his TV watching. You, I mean, Which is,
1: according to the New York Times, four or up sometimes double that, eight hours a day. Uh, it's unbelievable.
6: Yeah, I don't understand this. I mean, I look. I worked for Barack <laughs> Obama for four years uh, in the White House. I I saw what his schedule was like. I saw all the things we had to get done. And even as packed as his schedule was, uh, we still couldn't get everything. I, where does I, how does the business of the country get done when the president's just watching TV? And the remarkable. Um, the, uh, the color from that the, those anecdotes of how he sits there and the TV's on the entire time he has meetings he controls the remote control and that if he misses something he goes back and watches it on TV. I mean that's a lot of time,
1: uh, an awful lot of time, right? <laughs> these these uh, these anecdotes came from an article Sunday in New York Times uh, written by Maggie Haberman, Peter Baker, and uh, and Glenn Thrush, and and the funny part of that too was well I guess in the in David Bossy's book, he talks about the fact that the Diet Coke stuff as well, and that Trump would order Diet Cokes for other people, even though he didn't. He wouldn't ask them what they wanted to drink because he drinks Diet Coke. He orders them a the Diet Coke as well. Look, what's
3: what's more American than eating four
6: sandwiches from McDonald's, a chocolate shake, and washing it down with a Diet Coke? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was in the Bossy book. The other funny thing is like when they do these campaign yeah. stops, they would basically the last thing they would load on was these big, you know, armfuls of fast food before the plane took off.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You're referring to that. The the classic dinner was two Big Macs, <laughs> two of fish sandwiches. That was to balance off the Big Macs. Right. So yeah. you don't feel as guilty about eating the Big Mac and the chocolate shake.
3: Well, the way, I found out. I uh, found out that, that no appa- fries. That apparently there he must takes, have been fries. Apparently he takes the buns. Were there fries? Oh, no, there were no fries. Had to be. They, uh, pa- uh, well, according to the book, there weren't. Uh, uh, apparently <laughs> he takes the buns off of these, which is in it, like it, so much grosser to me. Like <laughs> just these. Like he's on a paleo diet, Peter. Yeah, you no, know, he's a paleo <laughs> warrior, right? Yeah, of course, but like. This, like, limp, gross lettuce with these, like, dime-sized
6: gray <laughs> burger patties. and It's just... I, I, uh, I, I will say one sick. serious point. Uh, David Gergen tweeted something the other day that I retweeted. He said, what's remarkable about that story is there's no mention of Trump exercising or no. spending time with his family. No. And, and, and Gergen makes the appropriate point, both for in, Bush 43 t- and Obama, exercise family was a source of strength for them. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good good point. And both of them did exercise. You know, W did for sure. And and Barack Obama, you know better than I, every day. But there's no mention of that. The only time is is playing golf, which riding around in a golf cart, let's (laughs) face it, uh, (laughs) is not a lot of exercise, I can tell you, as a former golfer uh, at any rate. The the other thing about, I have to do I have to say, Diet Pepsi is a lot better than Diet Coke. Oh,
6: no. <laughs> I just, Bill, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I that is uh, no, a bad I'm take. I'm
4: sorry.
1: I, uh, <laughs> and I, I do one a day. If I do one a day, I feel guilty. Sure. 12? Can't imagine it. But well, I'm impressed you go a half a dozen
6: a day. That's you know, it's, and it's right. a lot, actually. Um, and I'll go from these several coffees I'm having right now to the, to, the, to the Coke Zero. I'll just segue seamlessly into it in a couple hours. All right. <laughs> so,
1: Mr. DNC member, tell us, how do things look for 2018 for Democrats?
6: I, I think things look great. I mean, I think, you, see, you know, look, um, historically, presidents obviously do poorly uh, in off-year elections. I painfully was in the White House in 2010 when we mm-hmm. lost those 60-some seats. Uh, you've got a historically unpopular president. Uh, as you mentioned, I think the tax cut I think um, I think the health care issues I think these are um, will resonate with voters as we saw in New Jersey and Virginia. I, I was astounded um, uh, Vox did a piece yesterday where they looked at the number of uh, Democratic candidates and how much money they have raised. Uh, it's something like 300 and I think 50 some Democratic candidates that have already raised more than five thousand dollars and not like a 110 that have already raised more than a hundred thousand dollars. Um, it, it is overwhelming the number of people that are running. The, the challenge is, and I, I see this from my former colleagues in the Obama administration, uh, we have a lot of people running in primaries against each other. Uh, you, know, hmm. uh, you know, down yeah. in the uh, yeah. the Pete session seat in Dallas, there are three former Obama people running against each other for the Democratic <laughs> nomination. So <laughs> it, it, we are cannibalizing a, a, a each other a little bit, but... Uh, That's better than not having a candidate. It's better than I, And as we found in the Virginia... Yeah, uh, General Assembly, yeah. Uh, the House of Delegates. You, you have to have people running if you want to win some of these seats. So I feel good about things, but obviously, you know, we are still uh, 11 months away. A lot of things could happen.
1: Right. Uh, the, the Chairman Perez says, uh, I, I, I think says it best, every zip code matters, right? So uh, at where before we gave up on some House seats or state legislative seats because they've always been represented by Republican. Now, you know, the challenge is and I have to give a lot of credit to groups like Emily's List, Our Revolution, Indivisible, MoveOn.org. They're recruiting candidates to run for these city council seats, state legislative seats, governor all the way. Uh, and you ought to be a candidate on the ballot in every single one of them.
6: Yeah, right? and absolutely. It's not only every zip code matters, but it's also competing in every seat from the school board to the Senate to the presidency. Yeah, uh, And it's, I think it's also reimagining what the role of the DNC is. I mean, the DNC is not— cannot be what it was 20 or 30 years ago because of the prevalence of outside money. And so understanding the role of the DNC, working together with the indivisible, the resistance groups, and not kind of overpowering them. Right.
1: Hey, Chris, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for coming in. Have a great holiday. Thank you. Uh, come see us again soon. Uh, again, you can follow Chris on Twitter at ChrisLU, L-U, ChrisLU44. And uh, joining us next, Eliza Collins covers the Congress for... Uh, USA Today. So stay tuned. Quick break. We'll be right back.
4: I know one thing nobody can come down here and tell folks in Alabama what to do.
2: Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is the Bill Press Show. same great show new great channel stream live video at youtube.com slash the bill press show yes it
1: is election day in alabama it seems like it's election day nationwide there's been so much attention to the senate race in alabama people of alabama one last time we beg you get out and vote get out and vote and do the right thing and reject roy moore hello everybody this is the bill press show on Tuesday, December 12th, coming to you live from Washington, D.C. And we welcome all of you to the program. Don't forget, your comments always welcome on Twitter, at BP Show. And to studio, we welcome Eliza Collins, congressional reporter, a good friend of ours, congressional reporter for USA Today. Hello, Eliza, nice to see you.
5: Nice to see you, too. All
1: right, just a little time out to say, I know you must be frustrated, maybe. It's less than two weeks for Christmas, frustrated by... Um, Don't know what the hell to get for yourself or someone you love. Oh, I got the answer right here. Look at this. You can get a scarf like this one, a hand-woven scarf, a work of art by my wife, Carol Press, each one individually hand-woven. This one, a beautiful purple with a little black twill to it or whatever. Um, Go to our website, BillPressShow.com, and check it out. Follow the link to Carol Press Scarves. You'll see lots of different colors and designs to choose from. For yourself again, or for someone you love, Bill. Merry what's Christmas.
4: the uh, what's the Christmas shipping cutoff date? That's the question everybody. You know, asks.
1: I know. Um, it's well, not yet. Put it that way. <laughs> Probably the end of the week, but I'll tell you, Carol's running over the post office several times a day. I said earlier, there's nobody busier than than Carol at the post, except for Amazon. They ship <laughs> out more packages. She's second only she's to class. Amazon. So, uh, BillPressShow.com. Follow the link. Uh, Carol Prescott's, I'll tell you when the cutoff date is. So, Eliza, we heard from um, some um, a group of Americans yesterday with a very special request for members of Congress. It was a news conference held up in New York by uh, four women. Um, here is one of them, Jamie, asking Congress to do the right thing.
0: I ask that Congress uh, put aside their party affiliations and investigate Mr. Trump's history of sexual misconduct.
1: Hmm. Is that going to happen?
5: No.
2: <laughs> I
5: mean, <laughs> probably not. But it is a. Re- if you're a Republican in Congress, you're very uncomfortable this week for a lot of reasons. Starting with Roy Moore, uh, very well could be part of your caucus tomorrow, um, and then all of these allegations of sexual misconduct nationwide, and now. They're coming into Congress are bringing back up President Trump, who has more than a dozen. I think it's like 15 or 16 allegations. Mm-hmm. We saw some of them again yesterday. They're coming back up and they're saying, hey, if you're saying that the woman, you know, accusing members of Congress should be believed. Hey, Paul Ryan, if you're kicking out Trent Franks for um, conversations regarding Surrogacy, um, then hey, look at the top of your party. And so it's an uncomfortable position for Republicans to be in, but they have the majorities in the House and the Senate, and they're probably not going to investigate the president.
1: Uh, But this is, uh, so this is, people are calling it the Me Too moment, right? I guess the question is. Mm -hmm. um, And Nikki Haley stepped into that territory Sunday, right? Right. Whether the question is whether or not Donald Trump should have his Me Too moment. And she seemed to say, yeah, he should.
5: Right. I wonder
1: how that went over at the White House.
5: I'd imagine not great. Um, (laughs) But it is hard because she is such a sort of force within the administration and very highly respected. And a woman who has tried to sort of carve her own path with connections to the White House, but not. She seems to like be carving her own way and sort of solidifying her political future beyond this. And so it's hard if you're a female in politics to say, I don't believe mm-hmm. Um
1: I, was, I had a conversation yesterday with a Trumper, uh, a person who was very much a, 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 a on the inside of the Trump campaign, who said that um, they didn't feel that Nikki Haley was a real team player on this issue during the campaign. That when they were looking for people who would say who would defend Trump, and attack these women, she and wasn't. question the acute, uh, the uh, the you know look for witnesses who would people yeah. who would dispute it, and go on television and defend Donald Trump, Nikki Haley would not. Right. Uh, so there's a little history here. This is one issue where maybe she feels strongly about, right, as a woman, and should and I, is saying I'm not going to give him a pass.
5: And remember she was a strong Marco Rubio endorser. Mm-hmm. She was not with Trump until the very end and that was really because she was yeah. elected for a position. Right. So, um, she was and she not also, on TV defending him. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean. She
3: and she also has aspirations bigger than where she exactly. is now. So yeah. like it's going to be awfully hard. I mean, look, this whole reckoning that we keep talking about about bad men with their terrible behavior is not going to go away yes i mean it might fade in and out here and there but like we're at a moment now that i I, I really don't think we're going to go back um and so does she really want to be on the record as being one of the people to beat up and discredit an accuser of sexual assault or sexual harassment Not if you want a future in politics, I don't think so. And
5: she seems to certainly want a future in politics. Yeah, exactly. And she's also been someone, sorry, but who has sort of avoided criticism from... Trump's critics, right? She's yeah. kind of been respected yeah. by both parties, and she's done a few things that bother people, but she's sort of stayed out. So there, I can't imagine she wants to step in on something like that. I'm this. somewhat
1: surprised that Donald Trump, who usually doesn't hesitate to lash out at anybody who is in any way critical of him, has not tweeted about. I mean, after all, he's going after right. Jeff Sessions. He's going after other members of his cabinet. That he hasn't said anything about Nikki Haley. It's been silenced on that part.
5: Yeah, that is very interesting.
1: So, um, in terms of this issue not going away for Donald Trump, uh, it's not going away for members of Congress either, is it? I mean, no. we don't. We should not think that John Conyers and Al Franken on one side, or Trent Franks on the other side, is the end of the story.
5: Definitely not. And if I ask, you know, I've just started to ask sources in conversations. You know, who are names? And people just, everybody knows some name. Look into this person, look into this person, and how much credibility, we're not sure. But I'm sure every reporter covering Capitol Hill is hearing the same thing.
1: We have heard from several reporters that there are several uh, outlets uh, who are looking, going after major stories in Congress. Right. That there will be other big names in Congress who will be named.
5: Yes. And I think the rumor is there's like 30 to 40. (laughs) We don't know. Whoa. We do not know what that level is. I do not know 30 to 40, but um, I definitely am hearing names and people, I think, are hearing names. And if everybody hears five names, suddenly you might be at 30 to 40. Are
1: you working on any big stories right now in that uh, in that line?
5: Well, we're always looking into this stuff, but I can't give anything away. You know, say, you're just you're talking to sources name, names, and name, no. <laughs> you're talking to sources and seeing, you know, how much credibility there is and what. And it's difficult because some of these people, I mean, looking at the Fahrenheit thing, um, yeah. who was someone who a couple of years ago, a former staffer. Left and then filed a lawsuit alleging that it was like a really inappropriate, hostile work environment. And the lawsuit was very graphic and detailed. But she basically, I think there was a settlement and she could not talk about it. And Politico did a story recently about how it pretty much ruined her life. She has not been able to get a job. She had to leave Washington because she couldn't get mm-hmm. a job here. And she's like a 30 year old woman, very qualified, who is babysitting. And that's how she's making money and her parents are helping her. And so that people see that and are scared to talk.
1: Mm-hmm. And in some, in some cases, legally, they can't.
5: Right, she it, could not it, right. talk.
1: If there's a confidentiality agreement. Right,
5: she's talking now, but not about what happened, but about her experience after. And there's a very clear line, like I cannot talk about
1: okay. what So you was. alluded to this a little earlier. What does it mean then, if it goes this way in Alabama today, what does it mean for this issue and for Republican Senate in general if Roy Moore uh, becomes a member of the Senate?
5: Well, we can talk about the good thing for Republicans first. They keep the seat red. Mm-hmm. They have a vote probably on their big issues. Um, I say probably because Roy Moore is a little bit I was going to say, is unwieldy? he, he going to
1: give Mitch McConnell what Mitch McConnell wants? He's
5: certainly going to have some big asks. I think people are assuming he's someone like a Rand Paul who— You know, when it comes down to it, we'll usually vote with the party. He's certainly not voting with Democrats on most issues. But that being said, he has no problem. We saw Rand Paul vote against Mm -hmm. Obamacare repeal because he didn't, the first versions, because he didn't think it went far enough and, you know, held out his vote on taxes for a while. So Roy Moore would probably be someone like that. You could also make the argument that if Doug Jones, a Democrat, wins, he might actually vote with Republicans more than Roy Moore because he wants to keep his seat in conservative Alabama. Um, that's the good news, if you can call it good news.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's say Doug Jones, they all call him the liberal Nancy Pelosi Democrat. He's not.
5: No. He's I, I an mean, Alabama I'd Democrat. I vote for
1: him in a, in a heartbeat. But I mean, he'll be more of a Joe Manchin, right. Heidi Heitkamp Democrat. Right? Right.
5: That being I mean, said, that's who he is. And, right. And we have seen, though you could argue there haven't been that many votes this year, and so we went into this year thinking a Joe Manchin or Heidi Heitkamp would yeah. be voting with Republicans on a lot yeah. of issues, yeah. and they haven't. So there is sort of they've Democrats have remained really united. We always say Chuck Schumer always says, I have Joe Manchin and Bernie Sanders united on such and mm. such issue. Mm. So there's that question mark. The bad news for Republicans is that Roy Moore Gets a lot of headlines, and they're not positive ones. And he has a tendency to speak out. These allegations are not going away. He's probably going to be investigated by the Ethics Committee. I mean, he's not a positive presence. Reporters are going to be constantly asking him, constantly asking his fellow colleagues, like, what you think of such and such <laughs> that he said. And he's an unwieldy vote, and he brings up things like the president's allegations or that mm-hmm. sort of stuff.
1: Right. Uh, will they throw him out?
5: I don't think so. I think, well, they're not going to not seat him. That seems to be sort of decided. You're even seeing someone like Senator Susan Collins, who does not like Roy Moore, has never liked Roy Moore, and she's saying, look, if these allegations are out there and the people of Alabama vote to put him in Congress, we cannot not let him come. Right. What could happen is that an ethics committee investigation could start, and it's assumed that that will at least, Mitch McConnell has said that will happen, and Democrats are fighting over each other to be the first one to recommend an investigation, um, and that could, depending on what is decided, they could expel him, but that could be years away, or they could not find anything.
1: And that's a two-thirds vote. Right. Uh, in, in in the meantime, uh, in 2018, as we just talked about with our former guest Chris Liu, Republicans will have to defend
5: every time they, yeah. Uh,
1: every Republican running for any office in the entire country will have to answer the Roy Moore question. Exactly.
3: But, like they've gotten kind of good
1: at answering the
3: Roy Moore they question. I, I, I don't mean to like diminish well, that
1: because I think it's a powerful tool if
3: we're going to get that right down to the, the, yeah. the bone about it, but like. They've answered that question.
1: Yeah, it was up but, to the
3: people of Alabama to decide. Yeah, people of Alabama have decided.
1: But my my, but as if I were the Democrat running, I would say I don't care what they what they say. He's their candidate. He is. He, yeah, he's a Republican. That's fair. He he <laughs> is the re, he and Donald Trump. It the party Republican party is the party I would say of Donald Trump and Roy Moore, and it is.
3: Yeah, I, if I Mr. Think Moore totally did fair. what
4: was alleged, he should quit the race. Now, he's denied it. Uh, The decision now is in the hands of the people of Alabama. And we're seeing Senator John Kennedy, John Kennedy. Kennedy. Kennedy.
5: Um, And we're seeing that sort of shift from people saying, absolutely not. He should step out to now the people and Republicans are put in a tough spot because they did come out very forcefully and say he should resign. There should be right in. And then President Trump said, "Mm, I like this guy and he's the head of the party and Republicans have sort of had to figure out. Some have stayed and said, "No way." We're seeing Senator Cory Gardner say, "I still would have not right, see it." Right. But yeah,
1: Trump likes this guy because Roy Moore is following the Trump playbook. We're line for line, deny, deny, attack, attack, and get elected.
5: And it were and Trump got elected. Yeah, I but- know.
1: It's a, it's a Trump playbook.
5: He is now denying. I mean, because what we were talking about earlier, these women He'll came be. sort of back up, and he's denying this morning on Twitter saying he didn't know them and things like that. I mean, these women are—they were on The Apprentice, or were in his club. Uh, it reported Miss who him, Miss right? Mm-hmm. So the "I don't know them" line doesn't really work. But Moore has used that before as well. So oh yeah, it depends okay. what voters are willing to take, I guess. And mm-hmm. I think the most well, are
3: willing to take a lie Right. Are to take a the lot. most
5: important thing about Moore is that he is made his whole career on being a conservative defender of religion and that for alabama voters is the end-all issue they can Mm -hmm. overlook a lot for that
1: yeah i'll tell you about an interview i did with roy moore in 2005 in terms of defending religion yeah which i'm sure you've seen part of at any rate uh you were it's up again today online that interview with on my interview with on c-span with roy moore
5: put it um it's I heard it on the New York Times podcast today oh. but I think <laughs> but I've seen it all over the place
1: yeah yeah you no know, it keeps popping up we discovered it I forget who it was that told us reminded me about Andrew Desiderio from the day Andrew desiderio yeah from the yeah Daily no Beast I've was seen the it first one who, yeah I True. think it's a yes or no do you think that homosexual homosexuality or homosexual conduct should be illegal today that's a yes or no question homosexual conduct should be should be illegal yes, should be illegal yes,
2: yes
5: right but
1: no doubt about that,
5: it that's not the issue for the Alabama oh daughters. no
1: no that may I'm I hate to say may help him
5: right it will help him well, with some people in Alabama the conversation yeah. that this election could come down to abortion you know being people yeah. that if that's their one issue and he has decided that he is super against abortion and Doug right. Jones has said, You know, I support the way things are. To uh, which somebody should
1: point out that abortion is the law of the land. Pedophilia is not. Um, I'm not sure whether anybody makes that that connection here. Um, As interesting as it is to talk about (laughs) sexual harassment, um, Congress is in a tough place right now, right? Um, They are. December 22nd, they bought two weeks. That's the most they could do. (laughs) Republicans control the House, the Senate, and the White House. And the most they could do is keep the government running for another two weeks.
5: Right. As, What's co- as, to- as Congress does, they work in two-week chunks, it feels like. All right. um,
1: so what are you hearing? What's going to happen on December 22nd? And will Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer hang tight on the Dreamers?
5: That's a really interesting question, and that's something I've been looking into. <laughs> in the Senate, Democrats have some power because they need 60 votes to pass any sort of funding bill. And so if every Republican votes for something, which, again, there's someone like Rand Paul or Ted Cruz Mm -hmm. who might not, they need eight Democrats. Uh, And if Democrats stick together and say, we're not voting for this unless there's an immigration fix in there. There's a whole other bunch of things they want in there, too. um, Children's health insurance. They'd like disaster aid. um, Then they could really force Republicans hand
1: the, and they like the Obama uh, uh, the uh, Obamacare individual mandate out
5: yes but I don't know if that ends up being the the killer The killer yeah I think that's a tax bill um so they have some demands it seems like immigration is sort of the number one because disaster aid and children's health insurance do have bipartisan support mm-hmm. and it feels like those will kind of just get pushed through. Disaster
1: Aid and Children's Health, Yeah, right. Chip. Right. Children's Health Insurance. So it's um Dreamers is the
5: Dreamers is a thing. And that's interesting too because that really has bipartisan support. Yeah. Um there was protection for about 100,000 undocumented immigrants who came to the US as children uh, from Obama, Trump reversed it but gave Congress 6 months so mm-hmm. that would end in the beginning of March. <laughs> Democrats are saying this needs to be done now before the end of the year. Right. Some moderate Republicans are saying the same thing, although we've only seen two House members actually say, we'll withhold our votes if that's not in there. There are a lot who have said, we like this a lot, but, but you right. can count on our vote. Um, the argument Republicans like Paul Ryan are making is that we have till March. So why jam up a spending bill must pass?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And the Democrats we are We have saying, to
1: march, so let's wait until uh, 11 p.m. on the night of whatever as day Congress it is march. Works. Yes, Congress March. And Democrats
5: works. are saying, well, you guys are going to push through something else. Surprise, Trump wants yeah. to do infrastructure and gets pushed. Um, the House, there are enough Republicans to pass legislation without any Democrats. And so that's where the real problem lies because they don't need to compromise. And before Paul Ryan became Speaker... Conservatives say he promised them he would not bring up any immigration legislation without the majority of the Republican Party's support. So um, that makes it really hard for yeah. a compromise bill mm. when there are a lot of conservatives in the House who the maybe Haster, would do the hashtag rule, um, would maybe do some protections. I think most people acknowledge there needs to be some protections, but whether it's a path to citizenship, whether it's three more years of legal status, whether it's legal, stat, three more years of legal status and a wall, or like pathway to citizenship and nothing else, that's what they're trying to figure out right now.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, wouldn't you say, just in terms of optics, <laughs> that they're not going to let the government shut down on December 22nd?
5: Republicans? Anybody. Yeah, I don't think anybody will. And you if you look at Schumer and Pelosi the way they've talked Merry about Christmas,
1: this, uh, you're <laughs> you right. you don't get your social security check this week. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Right. And what their big line is the troops, you know, we have yeah. we are
1: they always potentially make an exception
5: going troops, to war so. with North Korea. I mean, there's things are really heating up. And the way Pelosi and Schumer have discussed this, they've never said they've said no government shutdown. We're not leaving without a solution. So, yeah, how you do that? I'm not quite sure. But it, I think everyone would like to avoid a government shutdown, and there could be some sort of deal. Like, if we don't do this by the end of December, this is the first thing we deal with in January. Handshake. And if know. they
1: do resolve it, mm-hmm. right? It's only going to be a temp- another temporary fix, isn't it?
5: Well, it really depends what it is. What they say is they want it to not be a temporary fix, and that's the idea of having a bipartisan solution where both sides give and take a little bit, and so – <laughs> These eight hundred thousand people are protected, but there's not the problem of more people coming in. Is sort of the way I mean, Republicans a are fix doing. in
1: terms of they'll keep their government running for oh yes another two weeks, right? Maybe.
5: It'll probably just go into January when they'll have to work out a spending bill. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right.
1: Okay. Merry Christmas. Then we come back and we'll fight the same battle all over exactly. again. Exactly. Right. Uh, the other deadline that the self-imposed deadline is um, tax Taxes. cuts by yes. the end of the year. Yes, going to happen.
5: They. I think that they feel they need it so badly that it probably will happen. Um, the House and Senate have both, both passed their bills. While there are some differences in and some sticking points, um, overall there's a lot of overlap and I think people are willing, when we're talking about give and take on immigration, across the aisle, in taxes it's not across the aisle, but it's sort of give and take between moderates and conservatives within the party.
1: Right. Uh, and uh, uh, the conference committee has been appointed, it's and been they appointed. started work yesterday.
5: I think they started work over the weekend, and maybe like actually, they were at least discussion discussing over the weekend and started hashing things out yesterday. The idea is that Wednesday, Trump is going to speak on this, so presumably they'll have something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're hearing Friday for the bill being really this introduced, Friday, but that's I mean that's what I'm we're hearing, but that sounds pretty rosy, um, because there still are a lot of differences.
1: And they still need just 50 50 or 51 votes in the Senate. Yes. still reconciliation.
5: Still reconciliation. There is, so Senator Susan Collins, who voted no on the Obamacare repeal, who's pretty moderate, you know, works with Democrats a lot, she voted yes on this last bill with a promise um, that... The Senate and the House would pass something called Alexander Murray. It's a bipartisan bill that basically keeps paying subsidies to insurance companies to make sure premiums don't spike. Mm -hmm. She said that she was promised that that would be passed into law before the next round of tax votes. I'm not really sure how that happens. And so I think it's assumed they might lose her because she made a big deal about that being. So they've
1: lost Corker, they lose her, now they're down to 50.
5: They can't lose anyone else. They can't
1: lose one more. Right. Uh, if Doug Jones is elected, they're toast.
5: Right. So that is why I think wow. they want Friday, because if Doug Jones is elected, he's not seated yeah,
1: for yeah. He's not
5: seated this week. Why not? Oh, well, <laughs> I think the, because the Republicans have the majority, they might try to make sure that happens.
1: They have to swear him in. If Look, they,
3: they, they kept Obama from making a Supreme Court pick for a year. They're gonna keep they're gonna keep Doug Jones until yeah,
1: next Monday,
5: The you know. Supreme
1: Court is not elected by the, by the people of uh, by anybody, right? You're, yeah,
3: you're right. The Republicans There's, won't obstruct it. Yeah, you're right. We'll see what happens.
1: They, they may try, <laughs> but I the president who picked that Supreme Court judge was elected by the people. Yeah. Yes, yes. Huh?
3: They're not gonna let him vote on this.
1: Uh. All right, we got another oh that's that's very, very interesting. We'll see. You. They don't dare do that. They wouldn't dare do that. Tell me that. No no no. How many times hey, say that Eliza, there? so good to see you. Thank you would to say today guys. you would say today.com. Have a great one folks. This we'll see you tomorrow. Is the Bill Press Show.